laid together today. We did some, some rat work. And uh, on the way home, the Lord put this thought on my heart. And I don't know where it came from. Uh, because we did a lot of uh, dirty work in a trash dump today. Um, but uh, this is the thought the Lord has for us tonight. And it's going to be a simple thought. But it should be a, a thought that should be uh, make Christians a little bit more thankful for what we have. But I want you to take your Bibles tonight to the book of, the book of Luke, chapter number 23 tonight. And this is a very familiar text. You know uh, where we're going uh, probably from the get-go. But... I want to read one verse that the Lord has put on the, my heart for this hour tonight and uh, kind of try to help us and encourage us as we go through this life of uh, discouragement, as we've plenty of messages here in the last little while on discouragement or, or troubles and trials. We're not going to be preaching on that tonight, but uh, this will help us in our lives. We all work jobs. Sometimes people work sometimes 40, 50, 60 hours a week and we get burnt out. And sometimes we go through things and uh, it gets our minds flustered and it gets our minds frustrated or, or scattered all over the place. And sometimes this thought that we're going to preach on tonight gets uh, overlooked or pushed to the back burner or shoved in a, a storage bin somewhere. And I want to kind of bring it out of the storage tonight and try to help the children of God uh, this evening. If you would, if you found your place in the book of Luke chapter number 23, if you would stand to your feet for the reading and reverence of God's word. Like I, we always, I always try to say, you ain't standing for me. I'm worth nothing but the dirt of this earth. And this is because Christ gave us this Bible and it's worth uh, giving it reverence. So if we look at the book of Luke chapter number 23, I want to look at one verse. And that is verse number 33. The Bible says this. It said, and when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him and the male factors, one on the right hand and the other on the left Let's pray tonight. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that you allowed us to be in your house. I'm thankful for the church on the side of the road here in the, middle, in the country where we can come during the middle of the week and be fed from your table. I'm thankful that we still have a, live in a country where we can come and worship you freely. And I'm thankful for that. We don't, there's places in the other sides of the world that they have to go underground to have church. And I'm thankful that we can openly uh, preach the word of God and worship the Lord tonight. Lord, I ask you to help that one that may be discouraged. Help that one that may be struggling with something tonight. And I ask you to help remind the children of God uh, who you are tonight. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Like I said, this is something uh, you say, how in the world are we going to go with this tonight? And this is something that I've uh, mulled over for a long time. But uh, the, the outline of tonight's message was pinned down in about 45 minutes to an hour, uh, right about an hour before church tonight. So pray for me because I'm a nervous wreck, but I, I'm trusting the Lord will help us tonight. But as we look at this, we know that uh, for the child of God, this, this verse that we have read is a very important verse. We know that in the book of Luke, chapter number 23, verse number 33, that this is the only time in our Bibles that this word, Calvary, is mentioned. And for that child of God, this place called Calvary is and should be a very special place in each of our hearts. Calvary is the place that uh, finished the work and say the, the finished the where God finished the work so we could have salvation and we don't have to go to hell. Can I get an amen tonight? But as we look, and like I said, sometimes our lives get very busy. 
I'm a busy man. Our pastor's a busy man. You're a busy uh, people. And uh, that's just the way the world has gotten today. There's no slow pace anymore. And as we look through this uh, life, we get like stuff, like I said, like I taught in Sunday school this past week. And I love how the Lord works sometimes. Me and Pastor Brian don't hardly ever speak. And he never tells anyone what he's going to preach because he's, uh, the Lord will change it, sure enough. And I've learned that over the years that if I tell someone my message, the Lord will probably change it. So I keep it to myself. But as this past Sunday, we uh, in Sunday school talked about how the Lord anoints our head with oil to keep the parasites out of our minds. You remember Pastor Brian got up here the Sunday morning and talked about how we're to guard our minds from the things of this world. And listen, as we go through this life, we're going to pick up as this suit. I put this suit on. I haven't worn the black suit in a while. And if you know what the black is, it picks up lint, something awful. And I could not find a lint roller, so I've got some lint on me tonight. So don't think I'm dingy. But uh, anyways, we are. Uh, as we go through life, it's just like this black suit. As we wear it, as we go through things, and we brush up against things, we're going to pick up some things on the way along the way. And as we pick those things up in our minds, and as we go through our our busy schedules and our troubled times and our our our, our devastating times, or even our happy times, sometimes our minds get so full that we don't have any more room for this thing called Calvary. And I've been saved since I was 12 years old and I'm thankful for the saving grace of God. But along my way of being a Christian, there has been plenty of times where Calvary, this thought of Calvary and this place of Calvary has been put into the very, very back shadows of my life. I want to ask you a couple questions real quick and then we're going to dive into the message tonight. Uh, but are you glad for your salvation tonight? Amen. Aren't you thankful for the blood of Christ tonight? I want to ask this question. Have you thought about Calvary today? When's the last time you have had Calvary and the scenes of Calvary on the forefront of your life? I can say with confidence tonight that I am guilty as charged. As the Lord showed me this thought when I was headed home from work today, it was like a bullet between my eyes. It's been days, if not weeks, since I have thought about the scenes of Calvary. And as we, and listen, I'm, I'm human and I try to be in a, live in a fishbowl. I am who I am. What you see is what you get. And tonight I will be very honest with you. As I've gone through my life, I have failed miserably with keeping the thoughts of Calvary out front. As I could preach on a thought tonight, it would simply be that. Calvary on the forefront. Calvary on the forefront. And I, I'm not good, and Pastor Brian is one of the best uh, preachers I've ever seen to have uh, very in order points. You know, he always has them starting with the same letters. He always has them real organized, and I've never been one uh, to be able to do that because I'm, I, I'm just not that type of person. But I'm pretty proud of myself tonight that I was able to come up with some points that match tonight. But as we look through the scripture in this one verse, in this, this scene of Calvary, the only time this is mentioned in our Bibles, and I want you to understand it was only mentioned one time, and a lot of times people will say, oh, God mentioned other things like the scenes of hell. He mentioned hell more, many more times in our New Testament than he ever did the scenes of heaven in our New Testament. But we see that this word Calvary was only mentioned one time, but I never want you to think that this is a, a, a uh, an important, not important in our scripture. 
I believe in my, with every fiber of my being that this place called Calvary is one of the most important places in history. I want to take this word Calvary tonight and I want to preach seven simple quick points on Calvary on the, for, of, of the, on the forefront. This word Calvary, and I've got a point tonight for every letter of this word Calvary. And as we look into this, I want to, the goal tonight, number one, is if there's someone here lost, I want you to see Jesus high and lifted up in this place tonight. But if you are saved and you've been living your life not thinking about what God has done for you, not thinking about where God has brought you from or what you used to be and what you are now, I want to try to bring that to the light tonight to try to encourage His people. And listen, just to try to get us back to a spirit of being thankful for our salvation. There is no gift that has ever been given that is greater. There is no sacrifice that has ever been sacrificed that has ever been greater. And there will never be any gift or sacrifice given that will be greater tonight. But as you take your Bibles and we dive into this one verse tonight, I want you to look at this first point that we not, tonight that I want you to remember when it comes to this scene of Calvary is number one, we see a Christ that came. If it had not been for the Savior of the world who came, Jesus Christ, if He would have not been willing to step off His throne in heaven and step down into the embodied Himself into the flesh as 100% God and as 100% man, we would have no hope of heaven tonight. As we look through our Bibles, we can look at Isaiah chapter number 7, verse number 14. The Bible says, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. If you look at the book of John, chapter number 1, we know that verse well. The Bible says in verse number 1 of the book of John, the Bible says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But if you look down just a few verses at verse number 14, the Bible says, And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory and the glory uh, as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen, as we look at our scriptures in this scene of Calvary tonight, Calvary would never even be a thing. Calvary would never be important to us if a Savior had not come. And I'm thankful tonight that a Savior was willing, the one who is almighty, the one who is all powerful was willing to come to this old worthless rotten world to, to just for you and I tonight. Who is this Christ that we speak of? And listen, I know faith, I know who you are, I know who we're preaching here, I know who our pastor is. But listen, if I ever get a chance to preach Jesus, I'm going to preach Jesus and I'm going to preach Him hard. Because it's worth preaching, He's worth serving, He's worth being with, and He's worth loving. He's worth uh, every fiber of our being tonight because of who He is. He is the great I Am, Amen. He is that Alpha and the Omega. He is the beginning and the end. He is the Holy Word. He is Jehovah Jireh, God my provider. He is the almighty Prince of Peace. He is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords tonight. And if you are a child of God, that should do something for you today. And listen, we're living in a world where they're trying to remove Christ from everything. From our schools, from our workplaces. Listen, I saw something the other day where uh, they... They're not even allowed to, to, say, to talk about Christ in the workplace anymore. 
But they sure can't talk about some of this other junk. I saw, I don't, I, I don't watch the news. I don't have cable. I don't want cable. I stay away from it because it just makes me depressed. But if you, it, ain't, it don't take a rocket science to realize our world's messed up. And I can tell you tonight the reason why it's messed up is because people have forgotten who He is. As Preacher Bine, we've all heard his message. Whom do me, the Son of Man, say that I am? And who is Jesus to you? And tonight as a Christian, as we look at the scenes of Calvary, we need to look back and remember who came for you and I. He is the one who came, that sovereign God, that holy God, that omniscient God, an omnipotent God, an omnipresent God. He did all of that for you and I tonight. But we throw him in the back corner and never think. I'm guilty. But we see tonight that we would never have hope of salvation if it had not been for Calvary. A Christ that came. But number two tonight, we not only see that a Christ that came, but we see the atonement of substitution. And tonight as we look through our Bibles, the Bible says in Romans 3.10, we know that verse well. It says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. And listen, I'm not trying to, to offend anybody tonight, and I, I, I'll say it about myself, and you, you, you just, I'm going to say it, and it lies where it is. You ain't perfect. Brother Matt, I mess up every day. Randy, we mess up every single day. And when we were born, like I said last Wednesday night, just like my baby is a beautiful miracle of God, she was born a sinner. She was born an enemy of God. And as a, as a human embodied in this worldly and sinful flesh, we are living in a wicked body who is an enemy of God apart from salvation. And because of our unrighteousness and because of, the Bible says that our righteousness are as filthy rags, because of that there would have never been a hope of us ever having hope of eternal life. But because of Christ came and paid the way for us. Because of Calvary tonight, we have a, a Christ that loved you and I, and He came to this earth, embodied Himself as 100% God, as 100% man, to pay our debt for us. Like I said last week, we have a problem apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are on our way to a place called hell, but Christ paid a debt that we could never pay. We can look at the Bible of 1 John chapter number 3, verse number 16. Listen to this. It says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, for he, he, he did it himself, laid down his life for us. Listen, tonight, I don't know what you've got going in your busy schedules, but I'm telling you tonight that God left his holy throne of heaven to pay your debt. And we throw him in the back burner. We get busy. We get too busy for God. We get too busy to pray. We get too busy to be thankful. We get too busy to remember Calvary. But if it wouldn't have been for Calvary, we would have no hope. We have a Christ that came. We have the substitutionary atonement or the atonement of substitution. I'm glad tonight that I, when I couldn't save myself, I had someone do it for me. But number three tonight we see that we have a Christ that came, the atonement of substitution, but we also see a loving and long-suffering God. You can read through the Bible, and I can use this very familiar verse of John 3, 16, For God so loved the world 
that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You know that first phrase, for God so loved you and I. But we put Him on the back burner. Once you turn your Bibles to Titus chapter number 3. The book of Titus chapter number 3, my class knows that I love this scripture. I use Titus so much that Savannah quit, could quote it probably better than I could. But I want you to think about this. We, we have a Christ that came and he paid that substitutionary atonement for you and I. Because we could have never done it ourselves. But we see that he is a loving and long-suffering God. The Bible says in Titus chapter number 3, verse number 3, it says, For we ourselves were also, also were sometimes foolish. Have you all ever made foolish decisions? Disobedient. Have you ever went against the will of God? Deceived, serving divers' lusts and pleasures. Living in malice and envy. Hateful and hating one another. Them last two is a big one right now. You can't hardly find nobody. You hold the door for people now. They don't even acknowledge that you do it anymore. Hateful people. But I want you to look at this. We all, the Bible says, For we ourselves were also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving divers, lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But listen to this. But after that... The kindness and love of God our Savior toward men appeared. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. There's that thing that we could, that substitutionary atonement. We ourselves could never do it. Not by works of righteousness which we have done. But according to His mercy, He saved us. By the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Tonight, I want you to really think about what the Bible says. God's holy. We're not. God's all-knowing. We're not. Even though some people think they are. I know some people that they know everything, and if you don't believe me, just ask them. But you know, what does that say? But it says, even after we were just living a wicked life, but after that, he still loved us. After that, he still sent his son. After that, he still sent his son to uh, be our substitute. And listen, there is a place in all of our hearts. And listen, I pray and I trust that everyone in here has had a moment in their life where they have bowed their knees to the Lord and begged them for, asked for salvation and that you're on your way to heaven tonight. But I will say to you today that as a Christian, if we're not careful, we'll pick up the parasites in our mind as we go through life and we'll take the thought and the scenes of Calvary and we'll put them in the storage bins in our attic and never think about them till next Christmas or next Easter we have a Christ that came we have the atonement of substitution we have a loving and suffering and long suffering God but I want you to kind of go back to the scenes of the, the crucifixion story here in the book of Luke chapter number 23 and we know this, chapter, this, this story well we hear it a lot at Christmas and a lot at Easter and I, I'm thankful and I believe it should be preached more amen 
But as we look at this story, we know the story of how the Lord was crucified. He was uh, put before Pilate, and Pilate said, I find no fault in him, I find no fault in him, I find no fault in him. But the people continue to cry, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. And Pilate washed his hands and had his hands off of it, and they crucified the Lord Jesus Christ, and he experienced uh, vicious agony and torment for you and I. You say, what do you mean? Listen, I've been in a car accident in 2018. I was coming home from Shelby, North Carolina to South Carolina. And I was about from here to the church sign from turning into the road that I lived on. And I was 18 years old, so I, I was still going fast. I was probably going 60 years old in my little old Ford Ranger. I didn't have airbags. I didn't have a seatbelt on. And a drunk driver pulled out in front of me while I was going 60 mile an hour, and I T-boned him. And you know, I broke some bones through here, and it was a rough situation that was painful. And you know, I, I, I think of that pain sometimes that the Lord is, uh, that, that I went through, and I thought about this earlier, that was nothing compared to what Jesus went through. You've had situations in your life. I know of some people who's cut fingers off. I know people who's been, uh, uh, my brother was hit in the face with a baseball one time. And it's just painful stuff. We all know you touch your arm with the curling iron when you, cut, when you curl your hair. You're ironing your clothes and you, you burn your fingers or your arm. That's painful. But Jesus Christ went through far more than a curling iron burn. The Lord Jesus went through far more uh, than a broken ankle. Jesus went through far more pain than we could ever imagine. He went through vicious agony and torment. Why? For you and I to pay that debt that you and I could never pay. We look at the scenes of Calvary. We see that beaten post where they strapped him to that post as Brother Matt and Brother uh, Daniel strapped Brandon to that post and whipped him with that cat of nine tails. And he ripped his back to pieces. And listen, if you can imagine that, the Bible says his visage was marred. And listen, as we look through this scenes, we see that he was beat with that, that cat of nine tails and people spit on him and pulled his beard out. They threw that cross on his back and made him tote it up the road. And listen, one thing that I always think about is when they laid him down on that cross and put the hammer on the nail and nailed his hands and his feet to the old rugged cross. But think about this, when they dug that hole to stand that cross up and when he slugged that cross up and it slid down in that hole, it jarred and probably tore his arms. Why? For you. But Joe, oh, it's just something we put in our storage bins in the closet. I'm guilty. I'm not preaching down to nobody tonight. They put a spear in his side. They gave him vinegar to drink. They mocked him. They put a sign above his head. They publicly humiliated him. He was uh, without clothes. And he did it for you and me. That Christ that came to the earth embodied himself into this flesh to be that atonement of substitution because he's a loving and a long-suffering God and because of that he endured vicious agony and torment for you and I. I got three more and I'm done. I'm trying to hurry. I, I am, but I, I'm not going to rush the Lord tonight. 
But we see not only did he endure this, uh, this vicious torment, this vicious uh, agony that he went through in pain and, and, and humiliation on that cross, but we see that he endured an angry crowd for you and I. How would you feel? And I know that we're living in a world where uh, the, the, the bullying's bad sometimes and all that kind of stuff at school. And I, I, I've been bullying myself. Me and Garrett and Dylan bully each other all the time. Uh, but uh, anyways, but just think about that. People can sometimes say things to you in the church house that might hurt your feelings, right? Somebody may say something to you outside that didn't sit well with you and, or something like that or makes fun of you. or uh, I've had people make fun of me. I, I, I'm the butt of every joke at work. I guess it's because I'm the smallest dude there. But you think about this. The little bit of discomfort we feel when we are made fun of or rejected in this life. I don't care who you are or, or what your circumstances are. Because of our flesh, we want to be accepted. We want people to like us. And listen, there's not, there's not one person in here that convinced me that you don't want people to like you. But you think as Jesus was just has been uh, brutally tormented on this cross with all this pain, he has to also at the same time endure this angry crowd. Jesus was there, the Bible says in Matthew chapter number 1, where it talks about his birth. The Bible says that he came to save the sins of his people. He came to save that which was lost. He came to help people and to, to, to heal people. We see the miracles in our Bibles, but the Bible says he was despised and rejected. He was mocked and he was... Uh, here, the Bible says that in, in our scripture in Luke and the book of John, it says they, they cried, crucify him, crucify him. Imagine the, the rejection the Lord Jesus Christ felt. All he wanted to do was to help people and all people wanted him to do was to be gone. Why? For you and I. We see a Christ that came. We see atonement of substitution. We see, uh, the, uh, we see atonement of substitution. We see a loving and long-suffering God. Uh, we see the vicious and uh, agony and torment. We see an angry crowd. But I want to encourage you tonight that we see a risen Savior coming soon. And listen, this world is not my home. I am just passing through. And as we come to the church tonight, and as we look through our lives, and as we put the thoughts of Calvary in the shadows of our minds, we can think, and what it does, and I want, you to, I want to make you aware of something. When you put Calvary in the back thoughts of your life, and you don't ever think about it, you're not being ready for Christ's return. The Bible says in, I guess it's Titus 2.15, it says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great Savior. Now, if we're, if we're not thinking about Calvary, we're not thinking about the coming of Christ. Calvary is the reason we have a second coming of Christ. Calvary is the reason Jesus is coming back. And listen, aren't you glad today that after all this was, all this, uh, uh, was done to our Lord and Savior, after He came just to save our worthless, rotten souls, and people put Him in a tomb, I'm glad the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter number 1, verse number 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to His abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto the lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 
I'm glad today that Jesus did not stay in that tomb. I'm thankful today that He rose in victory. I'm thankful today because of His resurrection, we have that hope of eternal life. Listen, I can repeat myself tonight, and I'm glad I can repeat myself, because there's nothing better than the hope of salvation tonight. We see in the Bible of Romans 10, 9, it says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised Him from the dead... Thou shalt be saved. Listen, I've preached some thoughts tonight, and there's one more point I want to give you, and then we're going to be done. I've been scooting tonight. It's only, we still got 20 till. I'm moving pretty quick. I'm proud of myself. I want to ask you this question again. When's the last time you thought of Calvary? I hope now. But as we look at this, 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 per, this man named Jesus, that great I am, that King of kings, that holy Lamb of God, who came and embodied himself as 100% God, as 100% man, was lived on this earth 33 years in obscurity and public ministry to pay the substitution for you and I because of his love and his long-suffering and his mercy and his grace Endured the vicious torment. Endured the angry crowd. I could see the picture in our, our Christmas and Easter play. And I'm Pilate and that's not a good position for me. Uh, but we look at that scene. That is a good demonstration of how this. We can never uh, match that correctly all the way. But I can imagine our Lord Jesus just standing there. Not saying a word. Because he loves us beat myself up all day because I hadn't thought about him. I hadn't thought about Calvary. I hadn't thought about the cross. I haven't thought about any of these. And I'm the preacher. Did you hear me tonight? I'm the preacher and I'm forgetting about Calvary in my life. As we go through this life, it's it's our nature, our human flesh to forget things. But let me tell you something tonight. It is very, very important that we never forget that what Calvary means to us. I got one more point. We're done. We see that Christ that came. We see that uh, that, uh, atonement of substitution. We see that long-loving and long-suffering God. We see uh, the... um, we see that long-suffering God. We see the vicious agony and torment. We see an angry crowd. We see a risen Savior coming soon. And like I said, aren't you glad that we, this world's not where we're going to live? The Bible says in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, verse number 16, For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. With the, trump and the trump and with the trump of God, then the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And I want you to notice, I noticed this earlier. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Bible says in the book of John, chapter number 14, Jesus is on His way to the cross to be crucified. 
And this is just another attribute of the Lord that I just, I love and you should love it too. Jesus is an all-knowing God and he knew he was about to be crucified and no doubt the, the, the nervousness and the fear or what it, was, it was getting on him about going to be beaten like he was. But as we go to John chapter number 14, uh, he was talking with his disciples and after all things he could have said, he knew he was about to be crucified, but he still comforted his own disciples. The Bible says that he would send the great comforter. You know, that's the Holy Spirit that we live, that we live and we have possessed today. Uh, but listen, one, we have the Holy Spirit within us, but one day before long, we're going to meet him face to face. The Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. But I got one more point. I've said that two or three times. I'm trying to quit, but... As we look at this last point, the letter Y in the word Calvary... None of this would ever happen if the Savior hadn't yielded Himself. You say, what do you mean? As we talked about last Wednesday night, you remember what we spoke on, I'll do it tomorrow. Christ went. He gave up His throne for a period of time. He left the splendors of heaven to come to this rotten world. He yielded himself, and as we look at the book of John, chapter number 19, verse number 30, I believe it is. John 19, 30, the Bible says, uh, let me find it here. It says, when Jesus therefore had received the vinegar, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head, and he gave up the ghost. The Bible talks in Old Testament and through the New Testament about a Savior coming. The prophecies of the Old Testament came true in the book of Matthew about the Lord coming. But the Bible says that a Savior would come to what? To die for the sins of the world. And I'm glad tonight as the scenes of Calvary flood our minds tonight, Calvary would have never been finished if he hadn't have yielded himself and gave up the ghost. I want Savannah to come tonight. I, I, listen, I'm not, this is not something that is theologically deep. The Bible says that uh, it's childlike faith. I, I, I've beat myself up all day. Because I'm the one supposed to be prepared to bring you something tonight. And I, I don't remember the last time I thought of Calvary. Forgive me, I'm I'm human. But I had to find myself at a prayer altar at my house today. I've explained to you tonight everything that he's done for you and I. But we could care less sometimes. I don't want, to, I want, I don't want Cal Calvary to be in the shadow of my life. I want Calvary to be on the forefront of my life. I know some people in here's background. Some people come from rougher paths. Some people were raised in church like myself. Some people think that, oh, the, the, the drug addict that God saved off the street has a better testimony. No, he doesn't. You should be thankful that God still saves preacher kids. Brother Matt, I, I've gotten close to Brother Dylan. And Dylan's been in church most of his life. You weren't. And I know you, you ain't going to get offended at me. 
God saved you the same way He saved Him. It's the same Calvary that you went to that He went to. The Bible says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Lord didn't come to save the white man. He didn't come to save the black man or the rich man or the poor man. He came to save whosoever will. And tonight I wanted just to come and remind you tonight to put Calvary on the forefront of your life because you won't regret it. I promise you, and today after I got things right with God, my life's felt more peaceful because Jesus is in the first place of my life. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 18, as we're standing all over the house with our heads bowed and our eyes closed. Colossians chapter number 1, verse number 18, the Bible says, and He is the head of the body of the church. The Bible also said in that same verse, and that He might have the preeminence. He needs to have the throne of our life. But like I said, I just wanted to encourage you tonight. Keep Calvary on the forefront. Or pray and the altars are open. If you need to just come for salvation, you need to come just to say you're thankful for Calvary tonight. Hello, friends. This is Brian Pondexter, the pastor of Faith Community Baptist Church located at 2216 Hennings Road in East Bend, North Carolina. We're so grateful to have you listening to our CD ministry that's been provided as an outreach of our church. It's our desire and focus at Faith Community Baptist Church to preach and teach the whole counsel of God to a lost and dying world, to equip the saints of God for service, and to encourage the elderly and shut-ins who cannot attend services due to physical ailments. We meet every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Sunday school, for all ages, and our Sunday school hour is followed by our worship service at 11 a.m. with old-fashioned singing and preaching from the Word of God. We meet back every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our worship service, and every second Sunday night of each month, we have what's called an eat and meet service. After our 6 p.m. service, we gather in the fellowship hall for food and fellowship. On Wednesdays, we meet back at the church for our midweek worship service with choir singing and preaching again from God's Holy Word. Our ladies prepare a meal each Wednesday prior to our service from 5.30 p.m. to 6.30 p.m. I give you and your family a cordial invitation to be with us at any or all of our service times. Above all, you may be listening today and maybe you've never made a personal commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, that's the greatest decision anyone can ever make in this life. Too many folks prepare for vacation. They prepare for retirement. They seem to prepare for everything, but sad to say, many make no preparations for eternity. The reality is very clear. We all will leave this world someday. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. You must understand that you are guilty before a holy God. Romans 3.23 said, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Prophet Isaiah said in chapter 53 and verse 6, All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. You must understand that your good words and good works and good deeds will not get you to heaven. Isaiah 64 and verse 6 says, But we are all as an unclean thing. All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. And we all do fade as a leaf. And our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Ephesians chapter 2, the Bible said, Therefore by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is 
the gift of God. You must understand that you're loved. I'm thankful that in John 3 and verse 16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Romans 5 and verse 8 declares, But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You must understand and realize there's only one way to stand right before God. There's not many ways, there's only one. Jesus said in John 14 and verse number 6, He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, the apostles' message was very simple. There in Acts chapter 4, in verse number 12, they said, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You might ask the question, Preacher, how can I be saved? That's what the Philippian jailer asked in Acts chapter 16, verse 30 and 31. He asked Paul and Silas, he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? They said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Romans 10, 9 said that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. You must ask God to save you. I can't do it. No one can do it for you. Romans 10, 13 said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you know you're a sinner, and if you're sorry for your sin, and you believe Jesus died for your sins, you simply have to ask him to save you. And I say, Preacher, how can I know for sure God will hear me? But first of all, the Bible tells us that we must be drawn. John 6 and verse 44, Jesus said, No man can come to me except the Father which had sent me. Draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. Psalm 51 and verse 17 gives us the attitude we need to have when we come to God. It said there, The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. If God draws you by conviction, if you're sorry for your sin, you repent of them, if you believe Jesus died for your sins, and if you asked him to save you, then the Bible declares you've been saved. If you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you've been forgiven of all your sins. Romans 8, 1 declares, There is therefore now no condemnation of them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. Once a person has been saved, they need to be a part of a fundamental Bible-believing church where they can grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. God calls us out of darkness and commands us to walk in light after we've been saved by His marvelous grace. If we can help you here at Faith Community Baptist Church in any way, feel free to contact us. If you have asked God to save you, please contact us, and we will send you some free literature to help you in your newfound life in Christ. Thank you again for listening to our CD ministry that's been provided by our church here, and may God richly bless you and your family is our prayer.